Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, Because they're going to be able to concentrate their efforts now in a smaller geographical area, an area that they have been fighting over now for eight years, uh, we would expect that the violence is only going to get worse. Uh, The fighting is going to get more intense uh, as uh, as the Russians now try to redouble their efforts in a very much smaller area uh, of Ukraine. So, uh, So we're very concerned about this development. We're watching it. Yeah, having the Pentagon spokesman say things are going to get worse, given the videos and pictures that we have all seen this past week, that's almost impossible to imagine what that could be. But I think, unfortunately, we're going to find out. Let's talk about that and other things. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Steve Hilton. He's the host of the podcast, California Rebel Base, or maybe you see him on Fox regularly, The Next Revolution with Steve Hilton. Steve, welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Great to be back with you. Yeah, I hope I'm not uh, doing something I shouldn't do here and cut me off if I am, but I was looking over your Wikipedia page in some of your bio right. oh, and i please there's, and, a, there's a lot of what do they call it misinformation there's a lot of misinformation on that 
Yeah. Uh, it's funny. We one time had uh, we had somebody get onto our page that I had once killed a man <laughs> just to see if we could do it. And I have it, by the way. And uh, it was on our Wikipedia page for a long time. So, yeah, Wikipedia isn't always correct. But some of the stuff that I found really, really interesting mm-hmm. as we were going to talk about this is that your parents fled Hungary during the 1956 yes. revolution, fleeing the Russians, the Soviet Union, and uh, and yes. went to England. And then you know, the other part of the story is um, how you lived uh, early on in your childhood, not, not a, a wealthy or even middle-class upbringing, which is a different thing I want to talk about. But let's start with some of your attitudes, and I'm sure your parents' yeah. attitudes, about Russians and the Soviet Union. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it's even more interesting, actually, in the, in the context of Ukraine. Um, I was talking to my, my mother's back in England now. She's Hungarian, um, as you mentioned. My father, who's no longer with us, he's also Hungarian. And in fact, my stepfather is Hungarian as well. And, and he was a refugee. He ran across the border, running away from the Russians as well in 1956. So the whole family background is there. Most of my family still live in Hungary, Hmm. in a small town on on the south of the country. But the thing that I was reminded of the other day, and I hadn't really put these things together, I was talking to my mother, who's back in England, about what's going on in Ukraine. And I always knew where, you know, because I I remember seeing it on her passport when I was a kid and looking at stuff and whatever. I remember the place where she was born was a town called Bereksas, um, which is a Hungarian name um and that's where she was born and she reminded me that actually that town is now called Beregovo and it's literally in Ukraine that's where she was born it's right on the border it's in a, in a Hungarian ethnically Hungarian part of Ukraine um all those borders were have been sort of messed around with over the years mm-hmm. especially in the 20th, 20th century she told me a story that when she was a little girl she remembered incredibly clearly um the her father my grandfather suddenly rushing um, bundling them into a car, her and her brother, an old, you know, rickety car that they had, and just with, with at a moment's notice driving away because, and this is a phrase I heard all the time when I was a kid growing up, that in Hungarian means they're coming like the Russians. And literally, she remembers this phrase, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, we've got to get away. Because they had heard stories of the atrocities that had been committed. This is in the middle of the Second World War. This is, I think, in 1944. So, you know, a lot of bad things happening um, across Europe at that time. But they had heard about the atrocities committed by the Russians, and they were, they were, they were running away. That was even before the communist takeover of Hungary. So all this is very personal to me, exactly as you say. That's really interesting because we were talking to a, a, a Mike Lyons earlier, who, among other things, is a military historian, talking about the culture of the Russian military. And these pictures we're seeing and videos of things that the Russian military is doing, they are doing under Putin. They did under Stalin. They did under exactly the right. czars. And yep. there are many areas of that part of the world that probably have in their language some sort of the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming saying that goes back centuries because of the Russians coming and just, you know, raping, pillaging, murdering, doing the things they're doing now. Yeah, total brutality. It is part of the mindset of the Russian military. Um, And then, of course, you know, a few few years after that story that I mentioned, uh, you you had the situation in 56 where um, it happened all over again. And you had a government of, um, the, uh, in, in Hungary that was trying to get free of the communist rule. 
um, and then the people, and then, the, and funnily enough, the other the other thing that I learned through all of this, you know, you go back and study history, the the revolution in Hungary uh, was started by a group of students in the town where my family now lives, Seged, a small town in Hungary. I spent mo- you know many years of my childhood there. We used to go back there all the time, and that's where the '56 revolution started. And within week, with you know, I think it was just over a week actually, it spread to the whole country. And then very rapidly, with, they didn't even let it get going for a month. The Russians came back in again. The tanks were sent in. You go around Budapest today, the capital city, and all over the country, all over the place, you see the bullet marks still in the buildings. Um, you see people and talk to people who have all those stories of, 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 the, of, the, of the, again, the same thing, the, the terror that is imposed by the Russians. Now, fortunately, in the sense of loss of life and and all these atrocities, the Hungarian uprising, I'm afraid they crushed it very quickly. So, you know, in a sense, there wasn't time for them to to, to do the kind of barbaric, um, extended, um, you know, uh, terrorizing of a country that you're seeing happen now in Ukraine. But this is part of the Russian military story. That's exactly right and has been for centuries. We have some breaking news here, Steve Hilton, that I'm sure will be welcome to you as it is to me. I can't believe it actually happened. The U.N. has actually voted to kick Russia out of the Human Rights Council. That's <laughs> somewhat of a miracle. Uh, yeah, it is laughable. I understand why you something. laugh. I understand why you laugh. The fact that they are on the Human Rights Council and had a vote over the last six weeks is freaking amazing. But it's they amazing. have been suspended now from being able to participate in that. Thank God. Yes. I mean, the Human Rights Council is a joke. I mean, the, well, look, the whole of the UN um, is a joke. Uh, it's completely ineffective on anything that really matters. And, of course, it's a vast, corrupt bureaucracy. And I've, I've, I've pointed out the uh, various details of that many times, and people are very aware of it. But, look, we should be, what's the phrase, thankful for small murder. Right. That's, that's something, of course. Um, so... So finding out your background, this makes this question even better, because I was going to just use the fact that you're from England, but the fact that your parents were even closer to Russia and dealt with what they dealt with. We are, uh, you you live in the United States now, we are so fortunate, those of us in the United States, that, you know, we've had the protection we've had all these years, but it gives us a different mindset. I mean, I I tell my kids all the time, because they get worried seeing the news sometime, and I think there's zero chance. Some country's going to come into our town, all right? That's never going to happen. And it isn't. We actually don't have to worry about it in the way that practically every other country on Earth has had to worry about it, um, yeah. uh, and including in recent years. So how much different it is it for whether it's Brits or the French or the Germans or the closer you get to the border, the more it matters, uh, how, how different it is for them and their politics? Well, it feels very... I mean, uh, one thing that's, that's true is the, the geographic proximity does make a difference and you're seeing that even within nato so one of the things that's really interesting if you look at what's happening over the last few weeks people say oh isn't it great to see you know the west has sort of rallied around biden's rallied nato rallied yeah there's a, that, that's completely false um and the, and there's there's many different ways in which it's false number one biden hasn't done anything to rally anyone the person that's in a sense rallied the West is Putin. It's in response to Putin. This is Biden's been behind the curve on all of the every single step of the way, and 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 hasn't led uh, in any sense to make that make this response real. But even within NATO, what's interesting is there isn't unanimity. There is not an, a kind of single, clear, consistent point of view because what you're seeing within NATO is the countries that are closer 
to the Russian threat. And those who really have vividly experienced it, especially in the last uh, century or so, where, where you have people who can still remember what happened in the Second World War. So the Baltic states, for example, Poland, for example, they and Czechoslovakia and the Czech Republic, for example, I think have just been sending tanks and armored vehicles, you know, be much more forward leaning in standing up to the threat than the uh, the ones further away, like like the French, for example. Mm. And so I think even within NATO, you have you have a difference there. And it's the proximity that that makes a difference. I should point out, by the way, that I'm not just live here now. I'm, I'm maybe I can't remember who discussed this before. I'm actually now an American. I got my citizenship last year, which I was absolutely proud awesome. uh, to do. So I'm a proud American now. And one of the things I think is really interesting is that throughout history, certainly in the last in the last century or so, in the end, it has been American leadership, despite the fact, as you say, that America itself is not under threat. It has been American leadership that has faced down some of these threats around the world. And, has, and America's been in the lead. And that's the argument I've been making all along, which is actually the reason that America is the world's leading nation, the reason that we have the world's highest standard of living, all these things that, that, that we are so fortunate to have. And I feel especially fortunate to benefit from as a new citizen. All of these things stem from the fact that America has led on everything. And I think there's a real connection between standing up to threats to freedom around the world and our economic leadership. And our, because it all goes together in this notion of America leading. America is the leading nation because America leads. And I think that's what you're really um, missing here in terms of, of, of the Biden regime, which I don't think has led nearly as clearly as we would have liked. Hey, a complete switch of directions that caught Sorry, my attention. Can I just make at... one more point on this? Sure. Because if we, leave, if we leave, there's another really important part of this Ukraine story, I think that that is not discussed enough, and it's another example of where I think the Biden people are just completely failing, which is the fact that this whole um, the, the, the barbarism, the atrocities, everything we're seeing, from, it's enabled by China. That's it. Would this could be closed down immediately with one phone call from Xi Jinping? He is absolutely behind this. He's supporting this. So we see all of this outrage about what we're seeing, and of course that's justified. And you've got corporate America. We're leaving Russia. We're pulling out. They're still doing business with China. They're still sucking up to Xi Jinping, as is the Biden regime. And so unless we get serious about the China component of this, nothing's really going to change. So um got two minutes, and this is a complex question, but I want to hear your answer. So I'm reading over your Wikipedia bio, and uh, it looks like there was some struggle early in your life. Uh, your parents separated. Your mom's working at a shoe store, uh, dependent yes. on state benefits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You lived in a cold, damp basement apartment. I'm always interested in how people come to their political worldview. So a lot of people who come out of a background like you end up being, and that's why I believe in big government and big safety nets and more money for the poor and all that sort of stuff. How did you come out of that background with your more right-leaning political view? Well, it's interesting because I, it, it, as well as, as that, um, my stepfather, who I mentioned earlier was Hungarian, um, was also, you know, he was a refugee um, from Hungary, ended up in a refugee camp in, in the north of England. And then, in fact, he came from a rural part of Hungary, he hadn't really had a formal education, so, and certainly didn't speak English. And so he ended up um, working on a construction site and then, you know, made some money and ended up with a small 
um, you know, self, he was a self-employed construction worker, had a little business and so on. And I just remember growing up so clearly um, in our house, and it was the time of Margaret Thatcher, it was the 1980s, and there's this, I think I've written about this in, in one of my books, but there's this really, really simple phrase that, um, that stuck with me that my stepfather would say, where he would talk about the political part. And they weren't particularly political. They weren't obsessed about politics. But there was something that he, they loved. He loved Margaret Thatcher. And the idea, and so did my mother. And the idea was, it was very simple, which is that Mrs. Thatcher is for people who worked hard and wanted to get on. And uh-huh. that's how self-identified, as did my mother. You work, right? You, you try and do the best you can for your family. And they made a lot of sacrifices for me and for my education and my ability to, to, to get where I am today. But I never forget where I came from. So I could, that's the other point I make. I, mean, people, I sometimes talk about myself as a, you know, in sympathy with some of the populist arguments and condemning the elite and so on. And say, oh, well, you're in the elite. Look at you now. You're like on TV and you're, all this kind of life you live. That's exactly right. But I, I always remember where I came from. And it's this idea of working hard and supporting people who work hard. And I remember also my stepfather saying the Labour Party, as it was the equivalent of the Democrats in the UK back then, um, the Labour Party, they're for the layabouts. There's this phrase that I always remember growing up as a kid, the layabouts, people who just lay about and expect the government to, um, you know, give them money instead of working. And that was just a strong, hard-working culture that I grew up in. And so... Awesome. I'm afraid I'm, af- I'm afraid we're out of time. I'm glad I asked, and I'm glad I got that answer, because I always wonder how, you know, people come to their worldview, and that's yours. And we have the same haircut, so that's Steve Hilton, <laughs> who has the podcast <laughs> California Rebel Base, and you can see him in the next Revolution with Steve Hilton on Fox regularly. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Great to be with you. You bet. we got to take a break. I'll talk about that when we come back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. After taking on criticism for their handling of the pandemic, the CDC has announced plans to revamp the agency. Yeah, this feels like when Domino's ran those ads that said, we know we suck and we're going to work on it. Remember that? (laughs) The CDC will announce their plan next month, and then a new plan the month after, then go back to the original plan. So far, their only idea is to change their name to the American Centers for Disease Control, just so they can go by ACDC. Uh, Like the mockery of the CDC. Um, Next segment, I'll get into the study that shows being married and having kids is good for your health, yet nobody wants to do it. Well, not nobody, but fewer and fewer people than ever, maybe ever before in human history, actually. Um, so we just had this guy, Steve Hilton on, maybe, you know, him. he's got a show on a podcast that I mentioned, uh, he's on Fox now and then, but I'm always interested in how people come to their politics. And there's different theories on that. Nobody's really know it. You tend to have the politics of your parents. That's fairly, fairly common. Um, and that sort of thing. But he grew up with his mom getting a lot of government assistance. Well, plenty of people who grew up that way grow up with a worldview of, and that's why we need more government assistance in our big government high tax people. And he went the other way because his mom was big into, um, you got to work. People that work hard deserve the money. People that don't work don't deserve it. So I remember asking my dad as a little kid, why doesn't everybody just get the same amount of money? Well, because then nobody would try hard. And it made sense to me. And that's all I needed to hear. 
about socialism. That was all it took. That question and that answer, and that was it. It wasn't more complicated than that. So, um, People aren't getting married or having kids near as much as they used to, even though from a health happiness standpoint, there's all kinds of studies show that that's the best thing you can do. That's on the way. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tiger Woods. That's that's that. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was exciting. So Tiger Woods teeing off at the Masters. Now it's a big deal, I guess, because Tiger Woods uh, thought he was going to lose his legs after he got all ambient up and crashed his car. Allegedly, uh, it's none of your business. And. Uh, didn't know if he'd walk, let alone play, and now he's playing at the Masters, and some people are talking about him like contending or whatever. Joe Getty, the other half of the Armstrong and Getty show, is actually at the Masters with his dad and brother and uh, having a good family time and all that sort of stuff. Joe's not a Tiger hater, but he's been a... Uh, he, there are other players he likes better, I know, plus he's just annoyed by the amount of attention Tiger gets from us casual fans. Like, if Tiger's in contention Sunday, I'll figure out what channel it's on and flip it on. If he's not, I won't watch. I don't know any of the other people. And uh, that drives real golf fans crazy. So um, we'll see how that turns out. I just came across this. So CNN Plus is a thing. You got to pay money for a a different version of CNN. I can't possibly imagine what that means. I just so the 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 the, aren't they making the assumption that you believe there's something better than CNN they could do if they were trying harder? I mean, I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So CNN, we're, we're kind of holding back on CNN. We, we hire people that are pretty good, and we do stories that are kind of interesting. But the really good stuff is over at CNN Plus. It's $5.99 a month. That just quite doesn't make sense. But anyway, CNN Plus hired Chris Wallace, which is a pretty big swing, and I'm sure he was very expensive. And they might have their first... Mm, I'm thinking about signing up for CNN Plus moment in which he goes after Nicole Hannah-Jones, you know, who's always defending the 1619 Project. Chris Wallace goes after her claim that the greatest generation violently suppressed black voters, it says here, in a heated CNN Plus exchange. I don't know if you can grab any of that, Hanson, but show's almost over anyway. But Good. Good for him pushing back on that bull S. I'm happy to see it. And that might be their first viral moment for CNN Plus, whatever that is. The two big stories of the day. One, Nancy Pelosi has the COVID. The main reason that's interesting is that she was leaning over Joe Biden's shoulder maskless at a bill signing ceremony yesterday. And so there's a real decent chance he's got the COVID. It's this new Omicron virus that is so easily spread that it's hard to imagine that the other people in the room don't have the COVID now. Now, Joe Biden is quad-shotted, shot, inoculated. He's had uh, two shots and two boosters because he got the other one the other day, remember? And he gets the best health care in the entire world, so I'm sure he'll be okay. But if he got the COVID and was at all feeling bad, that's not helpful for a guy as frail as him. So that's a story. I'm not sure they would tell us if he had COVID anyway. And then the other story that's big, 
We were complaining about this all week long. Actually, we've been complaining about it for years. But the fact that Russia was sitting on the U.N. Human Rights Council and the Security Council and all kinds of different councils, but on the Human Rights Council where they could veto various resolutions. So if the Human Rights Council decided to pass a resolution saying, hey, Russia, you suck, you're murdering children, it wouldn't pass because... Everybody's got to vote for these things, and Russia would have voted against it. Well, they got kicked off, so that's good. 93 nations voted to suspend. They aren't kicked off. They're just suspended. I'm guessing as long as Vladimir Putin's in charge, they'll be suspended. 93 nations nations voted to suspend. Let's keep our eye on the 24 countries that voted against it, that wanted to keep Russia on the Human Rights Council. Who are you 24 countries? I could look up the list. I'm sure it's the usual suspects. Iran. Belarus, China, North Korea, etc., etc., those kind of countries. But they needed a two-thirds majority to uh, suspend them from the Human Rights Council, and they got it with, thank God, the 93 nations that were vote, uh, willing to vote to suspend. 58 nations voted to abstain. They No, we just we don't have an opinion, so that ain't cool either. It gives you an idea. Ian Bremmer's been talking about this a lot. This feeling that we have or portrayal that the world is united against Russia. Well, there's the world in a meeting. All of the countries. And you had, what's the math on that? 72 countries that either didn't cast a vote or voted to keep Russia on the Human Rights Council. That's a lot of countries. That's a big chunk of the world. That's troubling. And all for mostly either financial reasons or because they're also awful countries that are willing to murder their own citizens or others and don't want to be called out for it. So they're willing to turn a blind eye. That's pretty troubling. But, you know, got to deal with the reality of the world. Now to what I wanted to talk about. Came across this headline yesterday. Marriage makes you happier, better and more successful. But few Americans are even willing to date, according to polling. Few Americans are interested in seeking out a life partner, even though data shows that marriage often leads to flourishing. New polling from the Pew Research Center suggests that more than half of single U.S. adults are not interested in romantic relationships or even going on casual dates. What? More than half are not interested in romantic relationships or even going on casual dates. That number is up six points since 2019. So if you were wondering if maybe the pandemic would make make people realize, you know, what's really important is have some having someone you can count on and you love and a loving relationship. No, it went the other direction. More people decide, you know what? This being alone in my apartment works for me. The hell with dating. I find this all very weird and troubling. I am as interested in being uh, in a relationship and uh, in a romantic relationship and going on dates as I've ever been in my life even though I've had some uh, recent bad outcomes. But um, I don't know what's driving this. We've talked about it. Social media, something in the water. I don't know what, but that is shocking. When I was younger, when I was of like real dating agent in my 20s, Gladys, I know twice in one day, if we ask her to play the harp three times in one day because she, she went on strike a couple of years ago, she gets like a a bonus for that. Um, when I was younger than my 20s, I didn't know a single other 
man or woman in their 20s that wasn't constantly either in or looking for a romantic relationship. Not one. I never met one in my 20s or 30s, I don't think. Somebody that wasn't interested in a romantic relationship. And now that's the majority of people. Only 32% of those who are looking for dates say they want a committed relationship. So those people are just dating for, I don't know, they like to eat with someone or the sex or whatever. Um, those men and women who do enter the dating pool are less and less satisfied with their prospects, according to the Pew Research Center. At least two-thirds of U.S. adults claim that dating has become more difficult Especially during the last two years. Well, obviously it became more difficult during the last two years. First of all, there weren't no restaurants open. Uh, or a movie theater. So those are your two number one and two dates. Mo- movies and a dinner. No, you can't do either one of those. All right. Uh, and 70% of Americans say their dating lives are not going well at all. Well, I'd, I'd certainly be in that category. Um, now let's get to why this is counterproductive for human beings. Marriage is one of the greatest measures of flourishing for U.S. adults, and this has been true for as long as they've been looking into this. Fewer Americans are choosing marriage over casual dating, but those who do get married um, tend to be happier. Married Americans are more likely to report that they have a satisfying social life and larger group of close friends. They also say they are most more satisfied with their personal health than their single peers do. And this is self-reporting. So more married people say, oh, yeah, I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling good. I'm liking my life. I got friends, blah, blah, blah. More married people say that than single people, which is a lot of peop- single people have the view that, no, it's because of the, my social life. And you know, I like to be more social and you're not tied down to one person. Well, that's not the reality of the way it's turning out, apparently. Married couples who add kids to their families are even more satisfied. Now, I make it clear, I am I am 1,000% in the category of you want to be happy, get married and have kids. I think that's what everyone should do. Married couples who add kids to their families are even more satisfied. Even during the pandemic, married couples with children were less likely to report sadness or unwanted weight gain than any other group that they looked to. Marriage offers a wide range of physical, mental, financial, and spiritual health benefits also, um, anxiety, depression, all these different things you look at, you get better outcomes for people who are married, and it goes even further if you have kids. I think I can tell you why. Because you have a purpose. You have a responsibility. That's the whole thing right there. You've got somebody to live for or some people to live for. you got a reason to get out of bed every single day. I remember when I was single, I was running around and felt like I was having a good time or whatever, but there's a lot of days where you feel like, yeah, what, what am I What am I doing this for? What am I accomplishing every single day? Well, you're accomplishing pleasure. And it's as old as any religious text you want to live, read or philosopher or anything like that. Seeking pleasure does not make people happy. It's counterintuitive, maybe, but seeking pleasure does not make people happy. Seeking and fulfilling responsibilities does make people happy. It's as simple as that. Anyway, we should post that. I'll I'll afford that to Hanson so we can get it on the website. That's some good stuff right there. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Tiger Woods currently in third place in the Masters. Yep, 
Tiger Woods, who uh, most people were laughing at the idea that he was even going to play, is now playing at the Masters, the most important golf tournament in the world. And uh, he uh, is in third place. Now, there's seven holes in or whatever. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like giving a score in the in an NBA game on the fourth basket. I mean, it's just, you know, it's stupid. I realize that. But um, it'll get a lot of attention. I mean, it'll get a lot of attention, which will drive real golf fans like Joe, who's at the Masters. It'll drive real golf fans crazy. And it brings back so many memories thinking about Tiger Woods, like this song that somebody put together. Hold on a second. Like this song that somebody put together using actual clips from his answering machine. How did those end up coming out? Do you remember how those came out, Michael? No, I don't. How did the world end up with Michael with 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 Tiger Woods's? I think maybe one of his girlfriends leaked him to the media. Oh, that's right. We interviewed Jamie Grubbs. I don't know if you remember that. That we did interview Jamie Grubbs, which yeah. is one of the women that he was with. Um, I think I remember now because he was he was discrediting all these women. He was doing what these guys always do when they get caught. This is a crazy person. Whether it's Hillary Clinton talking about Paula Jones or Tiger Woods talking about that Rachel Yucatel woman, that uh, no, I've never met her and she's crazy. She's probably just after money, and I think that's what happened. One of them said, "Oh no, it really happened," and let loose the uh, phone messages when so. She had been texting him. His actual wife found the texts, and that's why it's a horrible idea to be having an affair. Well, there's all kinds of reasons you shouldn't have an affair. One, because it's really mean to the person that you're supposedly in love with. So that's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to do. Don't do it. Um, but so she was texting his phone, and his wife found him, and then he's calling her and saying, hey, take my name off your phone. And anyway, here's the song. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. Poor, poor tiger. God, tiger. Not only is it something you shouldn't do because it's a horrible thing to do for all kinds of different reasons, morally, ethically, whatever. I don't know how y'all live that way and don't go crazy. I would think juggling all that and the pressure of it would make you insane. Like, just insane. Who wa- Who wants that? Who wants, who wants that hanging over their shoulders all the time that, oh, my God, this might ha- come out? Who wants that? Sounds very tiring. Anyway, Tiger Woods in third place. We'll keep our eye on him. Thinking about doing a podcast after the show. We do a One More Thing podcast every single day. To fit in the Chris Wallace stuff, uh, producer Mike Hansen dug that up. Chris Wallace, uh, formerly of Fox News, is on CNN Plus now, which is a subscription service you have to pay $6 a month for, and I ain't going to do that. But he got into an argument, apparently, with Nicole Hannah-Jones over the uh, supposed white supremacy of the United States and World War II and a bunch of different things, and I haven't heard it, but it looks pretty good and contentious. It looks like he pushed back really hard on the whole 
were founded on white supremacy and have been shot through with we're still a white supremacist nation. What? A, how the f- heck? <laughs> I almost said a bad word. How the heck is this caught on to the to, to the point that it's even being discussed in like you know serious settings that we were founded on white supremacy? Not all the Lockean, Lockean uh, uh, man is all men were created equal. Not all that sort of stuff that revolutionized the world. No, we are founded on white supremacy, and we are still a white supremacist nation. But anyway, so if you want to hear that, grab the podcast at some point today, the One More Thing podcast that we put out every single day and every hour of the show. You can grab in the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. I would like to thank Mike Hansen. It really should be called the Mike Hansen Show today because he booked all the guests. And I had quite a few of them uh, with Joe gone, and any idiot, any idiot could have interviewed these people, and it would have been perfectly fine. All you got to do is just say, "How's it going?" and let them talk. So, um, Mike Hansen gets all the credit for the show, and I appreciate it. Check your clock; it's time to stop. Jack and Joe, they've got to go, and if they don't get canned, they'll be back tomorrow. True. There's uh, the, where's the lie in that story? Let's do final thoughts with whoever is here. Let's start with the guy. Uh, what do we call you? Your official title? Technical director. Technical director, Michelangelo. Well, there's other things you call me, but I oh. can't say that. What's your final thought? Uh, yeah, Joe is at the uh, Masters, and he said he's going to behave himself, but he is wearing a bright silver jacket that's made out of aluminum foil, so he's going to try and blind the golfers, you know, kind of make a turn as they go and do their drive, so... Look for the scores to be a little low. The winner this year will have a score of like 91, 92. I do know that he said right after the show yesterday he was going to wear an Armstrong and Getty hat. So yeah. maybe get that on camera somewhere, huh? A little free pub. Let's get a final thought from Alex in the newsroom. Hey, happy opening day to all the baseball fans out there. Enjoy the marathon that is the season. Tiger Woods is the reason I became a golf fan, so I'm very excited to see him playing well. However, I do love when he yells at people during the middle of his backswing and has to stop his swing. Golf fans are just weird. They'll yell anything after a swing, like mashed potatoes. My buddy yelled green bean casserole at Pebble Beach one time. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, the yelling after the shot is a weird thing. But whatever, whatever, enjoyment. You get out of it. Um, My final thought is what a cool thing for Joe get to do anything, really, with his dad and his brother, because uh, you get older and it's harder to get everybody together. Unless unless you're fortunate that you all live in the same town. I know a lot of you listening right now, you get together. What are you talking about? We get together three times a week and every Sunday for dinner. But if you live in different places, it's hard to all get together now and then. And when you do, it's very special. And the, you know, days are numbered for all of those kind of occasions. So what a cool thing to get to do. And I'll be interested in hearing the stories because the Masters is legendarily very, very buttoned up. So I wonder what it's like behind the scenes when you actually get there. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. If there's anything that we were, uh, your pictures, videos, things we were talking about, you can probably find them at armstrongandgetty.com. As always, if you missed any portion of the show or for some reason want to catch it again, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and listen to it in podcast form. And we have Joe's wearing a hat. You can get t-shirts, hats, all kinds of different stuff, sports bras, all kinds of different stuff there. I could use one of those myself. Um, so that's at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll see you later. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Well, let me apologize in advance for any mean, ugly, accurate things I'm about to say. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? I have seen 
thousands of naked males. Okay. Are you sure of that, dude? You assume it's kink for some weird-ass reason? I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. So you could go through your whole life never seeing another man naked in person. That's the plan. Not that you know. prefer it, yeah. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.